Well, hello everyone, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but welcome to my podcast. So I am Christy, and this podcast is really going to be a tool for me to share my own journey of self-healing. Today's episode is going to be just a little bit of history about myself, an introduction, and after that, I think I'm really just going to start diving into my journey of self-healing and using this podcast almost as a little sort of online diary of sorts, but also inspiration for you guys to really truly see that it is possible to go through trauma, to have inner child wounds and self-worth wounds and many, many different things and come out the other side and be able to be happier than you've ever been in your entire life and to heal those wounds. So I really honestly have no structure for this podcast. I'm absolutely 100% winging it. I'm sitting in my closet recording this because this is the quietest place in my house to record. I have no intentions of every episode being a certain length. I don't know what days I will post. Right now, it's going to be very, very loosely structured, and I'm really just going to go with the flow. I'm not going to hold myself to a strict schedule or routine. It's really just going to be very free and very flowing. So again, welcome. Um, I'm going to today give, like I said, a little bit of introduction to myself so you can get a feel for the person I am, a little bit about what I've gone through in my life so that you can listen to future episodes and just have a grasp on the things that I've gone through, why I am working on self-healing and doing this inner love. And you'll hear me talk a lot about what I call the work, and you've probably heard other people call it the work as well. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So as I said, my name is Christy. I live in Saskatchewan, Canada. I'm 33 years old. I have a partner of about four and a half years and I have a 12-year-old son. So those are the absolute basics about me. Um, My parents have been married for over 30 years. They are high school sweethearts. I have one younger sister. Um, I have two dogs. I live on a farm. We have chickens and ducks and cats. And it's very, it's very, very fulfilling to me to be living here and doing what I'm doing right now. So I'm going to try to keep this little history lesson as, as brief as I can. Um, I'm going to maybe just give you kind of the basics of what I've gone through. And that's going to lead us into how I came about this. I don't really like calling it a spiritual journey, um, but, you know, journey nonetheless. So I had a fairly quote unquote normal childhood. Um, I grew up in a very small town of about 600 people. There were nine people in my graduating class in high school, so very, very small town. Everybody knew everyone else. 
Um, you know, everyone, everyone, uh, knew everyone else's business or thought they did. So that's, that's where I grew up very small. I wouldn't say close knit town because there were what I would call cliques or, you know, certain people who spent time together, um, and that sort of thing. So, like I said, childhood was fairly normal for me, although now that I have really been diving into self-healing and currently what I've been focusing on is inner child healing, I have uncovered some of the more kind of unfortunate aspects of my childhood. Not unfortunate necessarily, but just things that have affected me and I've carried into adulthood that I'm now working on healing. So when I was 15, I entered into my first relationship, and that relationship eventually became abusive. Slightly physically abusive, but more so mentally and emotionally abusive. So I was in that relationship for about three years. That relationship ended shortly before my 19th birthday, I think, if my timelines are somewhat correct in remembering um, you know, this part of my story. And I'm not going to really dive too deep into details about any of this today. Again, this is just kind of a basic introduction to me. So that relationship ended, thank God. I'm very grateful for that. I may dive in deeper to that in another episode. When I was 19, I moved out of my mom and dad's home. I moved in with a friend. That was a really great summer for me. It was, I would say, one of the most carefree and, you know, fun summers that I ever had. And then I moved to Saskatoon. I started university and I was going to go for a psychology degree. I met someone online. We started dating. I ended up getting pregnant. So at age 20, I had a baby. <clears throat> try. I try not to jump jump ahead too far um, and keep the timeline fairly accurate here. So I finished that year of university and then essentially dropped out. I moved back home to my hometown, not in with my mom and dad, but I moved back to my hometown. My partner at that time moved in with me. And when you meet someone online, you really, really don't understand or really get to know who they are. I wouldn't say who they are, but how they are. Um, So after we moved in together, my eyes were really open to what type of person he was. And I ended that relationship and chose to dive into single motherhood. Um, That same year, in April 2007, this would have been, my grandma passed away from cancer. She had struggled for 10 years with cancer, and I was very, very close with her. So that was a very jarring time in my life um, to be pregnant, to have her pass away. Um, I still carry a lot of grief from that that I have yet to work through, essentially. Um, I just haven't got there yet, even though we're, it's, it's 13 late, years later now since she's passed away. Um, so she passed away. My partner moved in with me. I then broke up with my partner not long after that. Um, he moved back to where he was from, which is um, about 10 to 12 hours away from me. 
Um, we had intended to, you know, keep in touch and that just never really happened. That might be another story for another episode. Um, so that year in 2007, I had my son in November and I really fell into postpartum depression which I didn't really realize at the time that that's something that I was experiencing. I don't I don't remember many joyful happy times looking back um, at that time of of being a single mom and having postpartum depression. Um, I was very lucky I lived near my family so I did have them for support but it's very still a very difficult thing to reach out and you know, speak up about, especially when in the moment you, you aren't really necessarily aware that that's what you're experiencing. So that happened. Um, (laughs) and you know, when my son was maybe one and a half or two years old, I entered into a new relationship with someone I had actually been friends with for a couple years and that relationship did not work out. I then was single again for a little while, um, and then I entered into yet another relationship that ended up being quite toxic in the long run, and, you know, I struggled a lot during those years with not wanting to be lonely, and so I tended to enter into relationships very quickly because I didn't want to feel lonely. Now, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? I can look back now and say, girl, what were you doing? <laughs> like, why, why didn't you see what was going on and take the time to heal yourself? But like I said, it's, it's easy, really easy to look back, especially the person I am now and be able to, you know, question, ask what the hell I was doing at that time. So I entered into, you know, a toxic, uh, well, yeah, I I knew almost right off the bat that it was pretty toxic, but I stayed in that relationship for about 4 years, not quite 4 years. <clears throat> and this was in my like my I would say my mid 20s. So as I was in that relationship, my depression really had snowballed by this point and it came kind of to a head. I would I I would say I hit what you might call my rock bottom. Uh, One night I was home. My partner um, was an alcoholic and his family was filled with alcoholics as well. So there was that little bit of dysfunction that I was dealing with in my partner. I look back and I, even though I quote unquote shouldn't, I judge the mother that I was at that point in time because I was not very present with my child. I was drinking a lot and it was just really a shit show to be completely honest. So everything came to a head. One night I was laying in bed. My partner was out. I think he was at the bar or he was, he was not home. And my son was sleeping in the next room and I was laying there feeling completely miserable. And I remember just questioning what I had in the house that I could use to end my life. So did I have any pills I could take and just go to sleep? Did I have a knife sharp enough that I could, you know, cut myself and just bleed out? And I had had thoughts 
leading up to this of, you know, things like not really wanting to kill myself necessarily, but, you know, I would think maybe I'll just start doing drugs, I'll become a drug addict, and then I'll slowly just waste away and die. You know, it was things like that. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was active suicidal thoughts or suicidal tendencies, but for me personally, and I know everyone's journey is different, and so I'm speaking from my own personal experience and perspective and point of view. For me, what it was, was to be alive was just unbearable for me. And I vividly remember thinking about you know, the idea of the rest of my life stretching out ahead of me. So, you know, keeping in mind at this time, I'm in like my mid 20s, the rest of my life, say 50 or 60 more years stretching out ahead of me was so made me so miserable. And the thought of that was almost it was just too much to bear for me. So I had gotten excuse me, I had gotten to the point where I was just sick of being alive. I didn't want to be alive anymore. I just I I was so miserable. I was so depressed. I couldn't get out of bed. My partner, you know, didn't understand what I was going through. And I mean, that's understandable. Compassion to him because I'm sure I was not an easy person to live with. Um, and he, <coughs> excuse me, you know, so I had gotten to the point where This night happened, and the only reason I did not take my own life was because my son was asleep in the next room. So he, essentially, without knowing it, has saved my life. He is the reason I'm still alive today. So that was kind of a tipping point for me, and it was really a wake-up call. And things didn't change on a dime immediately right then, but that was when I finally started to recognize, okay, I need help. Enough is enough. I'm, I'm ready to change this or to try to try something. I just need to feel better. And so I started searching and and looking around at different options. And for me, at that point in time, I was wanting to try some different things before I resorted to being on medication because that just has never resonated for me personally. I know for a lot of people it works um, and it's changed their lives for the better. But for me, I wanted to explore other avenues. So I tried counseling. I tried therapy. I tried something called brain training. That's definitely not mainstream. I actually forget sometimes that I actually tried that. Um, You know, none of this was just really sitting well with me. It just wasn't clicking. It wasn't kind of fitting. And then I got talking to a woman who had not long before moved to my town and she was a body talk practitioner. And so, you know, one drunken night I was out um, drinking with my partner at the time and I got talking with this woman and she was telling me about this and I really couldn't get a grasp on what this was. She was trying to explain it and I really didn't understand it. So I dove in, I booked a session with her and the first session that I had with her, I was in tears. And the thing that came up, one of the things that came up was that abusive relationship that I had been in as a teen. And more specifically, the guilt that I felt for myself for not leaving that relationship sooner, you know, when it had had, had kind of first turned sour, so to speak. And so the tears were flowing, things were shifting, things were healing. And 
you know, that was really great. And I had had a couple more sessions with her and I started to notice that I was, you know, little things like being in a good mood for no reason or being happy and excited, you know, just to be alive. Whereas up to that point for a lot of years, I wasn't in a good mood for no reason. That didn't exist for me. You know, unless I had something kind of fun or exciting to look forward to, I just was so depressed all the time. And so I ha- I was in a session with her and I was laying there and she was doing the session and I had a thought cross my mind of, this is something that I could see myself doing. And to know me, you will understand or you will learn that I have never resonated with the societal norm of a nine to five job, you know, just living for the sake of living. I've always known there's more. I've always felt there's more. So laying on that couch that day and thinking, I could see myself doing this was a turning point for me, another turning point. So I bit the bullet. I went and took my training. In 2014, I became a body talk practitioner. (coughs) Excuse me. And things really started flowing and snowballing from there. In 2016, I became a Reiki master teacher. And also in 2016, my intuitive and psychic abilities and gifts were really awakened within me. And I started discovering that I have all of these abilities of, you know, yes, the 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 typical thing you think of when you think psychic is you know, you can tell the future and you're, you're 1-800 Miss Cleo and you're a fortune teller. And while I would call myself a clairvoyant, the ability to see, you know, possibilities or probabilities that may happen, um, I don't call myself a fortune teller. And I'll dive more into this in future episodes as well. So in 2016, you know, I discovered all of these gifts and abilities and things have really just continued to snowball from there. So we're in 2020 now. Today is April 30th. And I have really stepped into a journey of truly buckling down and doing the work. So for me, the work is diving into the uncomfortable things that a lot of us tend to avoid in order to stay comfortable. So for me, recently, for the past few months, I've really been diving into inner child healing. And I again, I won't dive into too many details because you're going to hear a lot about this in future episodes. But this this work, this inner work, and this self-healing is really, honestly, truly life-changing. And one of my mantras or my kind of mottos is nothing will change unless you do something different. And I waited for a long time, for years, for years, I waited for someone to step in and fix me or to tell me what to do to fix myself or to, you know, rescue me or save me. And I just waited. I spent so much time just waiting for my life to somehow magically change without me actually doing anything. Now, again, of course, in the moment, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. But looking back and seeing how much time I spent not doing anything, um, you know, it's really, really eye-opening. And so this is where I am right now. 
I'm here to share my experiences, to share my journey, because I feel that this is part of my purpose. And ever since I actually started opening up about my, you know, years of depression, I've known that this is part of my purpose. I kept quiet about my depression for a long time and I felt so alone because I didn't have anyone in my life who had experienced that, who had been through that and who could understand what I was going through. So that was a really dark period for me, feeling so alone, not knowing who or how to turn to someone to get help with this. And that is why part of the reason why I share my experience because I don't want anyone to ever feel like they are alone because it's just one of the most heartbreaking things you could ever feel especially when you're struggling with something like depression or anxiety or you know mental illness and things like that so this is why I share my journey I'm quite open but part of my own self-healing is also pushing my limits of how much I'm comfortable sharing. So inner child has been a difficult thing for me to be open about and share about because I, (laughs) I know that, you know, my, there's the potential for my parents to see or hear what I'm talking about, what I'm sharing about. Um, And again, (laughs) I'll talk about that more in future episodes, but This podcast is a way for me to just push past those edges of where I'm comfortable being and what I'm comfortable sharing. And it's a way for me to even just talk things out as I'm experiencing healing and going through things. So I can tend to just babble on and on and on. I will try my best not to do that in future episodes. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you are open to hearing someone's journey of healing because I hope that it means you are open to changing things for yourself and to seeing that it is really possible. Now, I haven't experienced what you might think of as severe trauma, so I never experienced sexual abuse or physical abuse as a child. All of my physical needs were met as a child. Um, You know, the, the more larger aspects of trauma, I didn't experience those, but I experienced more subtle trauma in my childhood. I call it emotional trauma. And then I did experience that, you know, abusive relationship as a teen, which really shifted my life. And so I do believe that I have experience to draw on. Whether you have experienced the same things that I have or not, you can take the tools and the things that I'm going to talk about in future episodes and you can apply them to your life to start making changes. And just remember, nothing will change unless you do something different. So thank you for being here. I hope you will tune into future episodes. You can see more on my Instagram pages at consciously.reparenting. And then I just started an an Instagram page for the podcast. I believe I called it Consciously Reparenting Podcast. You can join me on Facebook, 
search up my private group, Consciously Reparenting Community. And that's a private group where I share, again, lots of self-healing tools and things that can help you help yourself. And I do share a little bit there about my own experience as well. And if at any point you have any questions, just get in contact with me, get in touch. If you're feeling like you're alone on your journey and you have no one to turn to, please reach out to me. I'm available. I am accessible. I am here to lend that support to you. Okay. So again, thank you for being here and hugs and kisses. See you in the future.